Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. No, you're not. I'm Aaron. Well, sometimes. And you are. I'm not. John. I, I'm also not both. Oh man, what's going? I'm on the there? other B. I'm the Brent. The Brent. Hey everyone, welcome to the Amigos this week. Uh, as you may or may not notice, the boat is on assignment. Yes. To Ireland, Brent. Across the pond. That's correct. Now, uh, I will tell you that uh, the uh, uh, the boat has been. He's been uh, out there running around. He did send us a couple. Uh, uh, Pictures from overseas. We'll take a look at here. He, a lot of the Amigos boys are over there at Amiga Ireland, as you can tell. That was the last two days, uh, Friday and Saturday. Good time was had by all. Uh, if you caught any of our stream that Boat sent over, uh, it was great. And Pixels was there working hard, too. Yes, uh, and, extra hard, because he had to put up with John. That's true. <laughs> and it's true. Now, you can see, they, 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 I told Boat, I said, you represent the Amigos, go over there and act in a professional manner. So, of course, the first thing he does is uh, head out, out head out to the pub, and unfortunately, things spiral downhill from there. I don't even know what to explain <laughs> in this photo uh, of uh, a lot of our Amigos buddies all in weird uh, non-ant masks. So <laughs> I don't want to know, to be honest with you. So, uh, Brenda, what's it like to be back in the old studio here, uh, being back on the Amigos? Now, the last time we had you subbing for boat, it was the Jurassic Park episode, yes. I believe. Thankfully, you've brought me in for a much better game, so I, I appreciate that. I, can, I concur, I concur. Uh, uh, Boat will be back next week, so you're going to be relegated to the, to the B-Show yet again. Uh, you know, I like the B-Show. Well, it, well, it it's the B-Show. I'm glad that you finally accept know, that. Well, it, that, that's the last part, <laughs> acceptance. Um, but again, if you uh, want to see highlights of the trip to Ireland... Uh, tune in this week. There should be plenty of tidbits, interviews. Uh, right now, if you want to check out the trivia segment that Boat uh, did there, uh, it is available. It was a good trivia segment. Uh, they did a good job capturing this on video. You get a good feel for this massive event. Well, I've already heard they were talking. It was so large. They're talking about switching venues next year. I think they said they doubled in attendance. Well, that's all. Aw- hey, you know, hey, that is awesome. And that I know, is awesome. I know plenty of uh, our Amiga Amigos buddies were there. A lot of the uh, luminaries. In the, of the Amiga world were there, including Mr. Pleasance, the guys from the Retro Hour were there, tons of big names, and it was a, a good time was handball all. You know, just to sample that trivia, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with a trivia question. I don't know the answer. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, which Amiga system had both a SCSI and IDE interface? Uh, Amiga 4000T. That is correct, sir. That is correct. Thank you. Uh, Thank that you. would actually stump some of the panel when asked on uh, on the trivia show. I did catch some of this trivia, and I will admit, and because I'm you not, heard that question. No, I didn't hear that one. But I'm not the most technically minded uh, trivia list on earth, but I did know a, a good chunk of those answers. I didn't even cheat. I didn't even look it, at the things. It, they had some toughies. I, there were a, a 
plenty. I was like, I don't even know what that is. I will so. say, uh, if you if you choose to watch the video or not, the uh, clear trivia master of this event was a lady named Pixel Vixen, who uh, crushed the, her uh, two male buddies in trivia, and then went on to be in the crowd for the second trivia show and knew some of the answers that the guys didn't know on that one. So <laughs> she was she was great. I think Bodie would talk to her, so that should be interesting. That's awesome. So let's move seamlessly, Brent, as we do into. Amiga News. I'm not even going to get out the gamble train this week. We're going to let you're going to be the you're going to be the news donkey. I'm going to be the Amiga News. You are going to be the Amiga News. So what do we got here to start the start it off? Here, well, right? let's start with uh, Dreamcatcher. He fired up the old time machine and went back to the future. Not one, not two, but three. I, it's funny this week uh, because not only did Dreamcatcher uh, do a, a story on Back to the Future Three, he also just in the past couple of days, did one on Back to the Future 2. Yeah. So he actually went, they did two of the Back to the Futures. <laughs> you know, uh, if you go and look at these, uh, DK, uh, of course, we, he's well known for his uh, ability to just go in there and dig in everything. He has scene-by-scene things going on, comparisons, notes. It's really quite amazing uh, what he did. He I, does so much better, so much improved work over anything we ever produced. Yeah. It kind of makes me sad. Really, this is the Dreamcatcher <laughs> show featuring the Amigos. Yeah, that's right. What you got next? Uh, uh, good friends over at the Retro Hour. We, were, we covered that one. All right. How about uh, the new collector's edition on digital download, Zero Sphere? Yep. I have not tried this particular uh, game, uh, but I like the box. It's yeah, that's kinda, an awesome box. What do they got going on there? They've got little, what is all that well, stuff? It's, it's Pipes zero, and it's, stuff? It's uh, Zero Sphere, man. Is that, that's all you need to know. That's it. Now, uh, this one here I want to talk about is they have basically converted Ultima 7 uh, to play on the Amiga uh, AGA slash RTG. Now, I, holy moly, that's amazing! Well, here's the non-amazing part: oh. you have to have the beefiest Amiga of, of all time to play this. So the majority Bust out of, your four thousand T. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is, we had a four thousand T. I know, I know. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, so if you're a big Ultima fan, you want to. I mean, it is nice that they did it. I think yes. it's cool. But I mean, you it's going to take a beefy, a beefy. Uh, System to and, kick, kick that thing. Uh, up. We thank the uh, Indie Retro News for that scoop. Oh, yeah. On that. for, That's and amazing. For many more. Now, this one here actually got played. What, tell us about this one, Brenny. Uh, this is the Worldwide Hunting from Golem Games uh, cracked and released for the Amiga. Got to crack them first. Well, you know. Now, this this is like one of these hunt, shooting games. Yeah, look, it's a, uh, you know, you're the hunter out there trying to get the big buck or. Out on the savannah, getting the lions, you know, sort of a multi-worldwide affair. I believe there. one of our contributors actually have a video of this up in uh, on the Amiga's channel. So if you want to see some people get shooting animals. Now, there's a lot of hunting that goes on in these parts. Have you ever been hunting? Uh, Yeah. Yes, I have. And how'd that go? I, I walked around the woods for a couple hours and then came home. Did you have a gun or a no, bow and arrow? I, I, a I, sling? I, I did not uh, carry a firearm. I was... Young at the time. You didn't carry a firearm. No, how, I went how is hunting, that considered hunting? I went hunting with others. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Did they catch anything? Uh, no, we didn't even see anything. And what's your general opinion of hunting? Uh, Philosophically and ethically. I, I, for West Virginia, <laughs> it is actually a, uh, a necessity yeah, to thin out, uh, especially the deer population. Uh, we are so suited to support deer in this area that uh, they overpopulate and will either die of starvation or start making their way inlands, uh, getting onto our roadways and into our cities. 
and it becomes quite the nuisance and the problem. I will say that this year in West Virginia, it was very wet, wasn't it? Yes. And the deer population blew up. Exploded. And so, yeah. uh, and when this happens, uh, I remember delivering pizza out some of these old creeks and stuff and seeing literal herds of deer yes. like into the, that would number to the hundreds. Yes. These massive herds. I have seen one of those Bizarre. Myself. It is crazy. It is. When you... And it's it's not something you can really picture in your mind uh, when you're standing face to face, or I was in a car, of course, uh, and hundreds of little deer eyes look into your headlights and have that little glow. Yeah. And you're like, well, look, I'm dead. I'm going to get killed by deer of yeah. all things. Hitting deer <laughs> in in West Virginia, it's. I mean, I've hit one dead deer, and then I've hit one. I've had one deer jump out of the woods and run into the car. I've had that yeah. happen. And I can't tell you the number of times I've had to stop quickly because deer were one or two or more deer were coming out. I've had deer on my porch on Mud Mountain. Yes. Uh, and deer, I, I could literally have opened my front door with a gun and sat in my easy chair and picked deer off the hillside and wild turkeys. And you matter. lived in a city. And I lived in the city. Yeah. I, mean, I was up on the hill in the city. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was uh, deer are plentiful here. But I, I, I've never been hunting and I could not shoot anything. I, and I thought you don't like guns. So, so uh, I'm a bad uh, West Virginia. Now, as from a worldwide hunting as the game's perspective, um, I, I, I don't think trophy hunting uh, is is a suitable or ethical thing. Uh, I don't think going out uh, in a pinned area or basically a pin, a artificially pinned area to shoot something that is otherwise not an issue, that's not my bag. Uh, but in a worldwide hunting game scenario, I love it. I love these type of games. Yeah. I will say I'm not going to agree with you on trophy hunting. I was at the Goodwill the other day and picked up three bowl, old bowling trophies. Man, it was great. I'm hunting them, <laughs> hunting them down. That, no, that's pretty no, much the extent out. of my... Well, what, that's not good enough? Start running. You're now the game. Oh, man. I am the most dangerous <laughs> game. Yeah. What you got next? Uh, let's see here. we got to talk about... I think... Is this boat? Yes. Yes. Boat's elite... Uh, series continued this week, uh, and he so Boat played his initial game of Elite. We're gonna be covering Elite on a show upcoming. Sure. And so we and then Boat he was horrible at it. It was so funny to watch him. And then I, I, he got better. And then uh, he went to play Elite Dangerous, and he couldn't play it, so he ended up playing more Elite. So he's played a bunch of Elite. So if you want to see <laughs> Boat play some Elite, uh, there, there you go. There, plenty of video of him playing and trying to learn it. I've got to get my button gear. I've played very. Very little of it in the past couple of weeks is my busy schedule, but I'm thankfully I've played some in the past, so hopefully I haven't gotten too rusty on it. Uh, next, it looks like we've got some paper graph, paper craft. <laughs> you just said that was paper craft. <laughs> no, I was appreciating. I uh, uh, I'm very impressed by this little model they you got love, of the you Omega love this 500. Stuff, don't you? Uh, I I I find that the art of paper craft is most intriguing. I know clearly. I'm looking up on my shelf here, and you've got a bunch of. Uh, cardboard craft yeah. that you put together. Uh, or craft, if you will. Wow. Uh, I, so you can follow that link and make your own, it appears. That sounds, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it looks good, too. It looks dead on. Next, uh, something from Indie Retro News. Looks like the Star Wars-inspired shooter gets a 3D update for the Amiga. Yeah. Now, I saw a video of this. I've, I've got this on the system, but I haven't got to play it yet. It was, it's called uh, Star Dust Wars. Now it it looks it's a it's a nutty looking shooter. I can't quite wrap my head around uh, this particular one, uh, but it looks great. I mean, it looks tremendously good. I was real impressed the way it looks. So I'm looking forward to giving that a shot. It's available for download, man. So you can you can go grab it, and we'll come back to that one, Brian. I guess. 
Um, if you if you can't get enough Amiga and you want some Amiga CD32 goodness, you can hit up the latest ARG episode 50 where we take a look at Flink and Microcosm. Out now and out now. Watch it now. Now I will say, Brent, you know the funny thing about this episode is uh, we we have put together. Uh, did you know, by the way, that, that last week was our 50th episode of ARG? Nope. It was. That was our 50th episode. We didn't mark it. We didn't mention it. Uh, and I had no idea, but that's 50. Now, Boat did about uh, 20, I think, yeah. before you took over. So you have, I, I know there was a tipping point where you had passed him. Uh, and uh, on, to mark that episode, we didn't do it on purpose, but uh, ARG uh, hey, Presents 50 was, was uh, Amiga CD32. Now, the first thing I saw when this went up was someone said AVG... Or A-G-A-V-N. The angry A-V-N, video game nerd. Yeah, sent me. That's what he said. Well, what and he I, meant by that. Well, I know. I mean, okay. it got me here. and I thought Because I've seen that before. And I thought to myself, that is something I never thought I would see on anything I ever posted on, on YouTube. And lo and behold, uh, up to this point, now it's, it's not our most popular episode of all times, but it's certainly out of the gate, far and away, the most uh, looks we've ever had on any of yes. our shows. And I'm assuming it's because we're part of the Amiga network, and uh, and and uh, uh, but I have to say I have we've played a lot of Amiga games. I hadn't played either one of those, and uh, uh, Flink was a very, very impressive good. game. Yeah, very good. Uh, um, and and really, and of course, I'm not just saying it because Lionheart guys were behind it. But no, it was a good game. It was great, and uh, with a few minor foibles or screw ups. I mean, I think it was, it's a shame that it's so. Uh, 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 I've not heard anyone hardly ever talk about uh, Flink. Yeah, so I, that one came came out of nowhere, to, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Something else to mention on that: uh, one of the comments saying that it, uh, Akira was probably the worst game they ever played since I said that Microcosm was the worst game I'd ever experienced. Yeah, you were it nuts. Caused too. me physical pain oh, as that, I played it. I kind of like that part of it. Um, that I actually watched a guy uh, stream Akira to its finale. Oh, took him seven hours, oh, uh, but he went in cold and beat the whole game. I bet that guy was sick as a dog when he finished that. Uh, Have you ever seen Akira the film? Oh, yes. But Macaw45 a- is, is the streamer. If uh-huh. anyone wants to go check him out, he does a lot of retro gaming stuff. And I, I'm I'm not plugging him. He's way bigger than we'll ever be. But, uh, uh, yeah, watched him struggle through the whole thing. Oh, it was amazing. I remember the, seeing those comics in the, in the uh, comic book store back in the day. And, of course, the anime came out for uh, Akira. What a what a brain scramble that one is. Yes. And, uh, that, that, which, that's a lot of par for the course for a lot of those uh, crazy animes from back in the day. Next up on the news, uh, go and watch the trivia contest. It yeah. is posted. Yeah. Uh, we gave you a little bit of a taste earlier. Uh, see how many you can get right. I recommend pausing the video if you were, if you're, it's moving a little quick for you because some of the some of the uh, uh, times to answer, I found myself thinking before I got a chance to see it. But uh, yeah, great, great. It's also fun to watch the people on stage. What you could tell it's right on the tip of their tongue, and they're just wanting to answer. They can't get there. It's, and I, I thought Bo, I thought Bo did a great job Excellent of seeing it. Job. And I can tell you that uh, uh, the night before Boat left, he called me up, and he was nervous about uh, oh about sure. Doing that, you know, of course, it's a big deal. You're going all the way to Ireland, and you and you're in a place where you don't hardly know anybody. And luckily, the, all of our amigos buddies. And and the, and the boys in the retro hour all were real. They took care of boat over there, and it was we saw all kinds of great uh, 
Great pictures. I'm sure Boat will put something up on uh, everythingamiga.com to uh, document his trip. Excellent, yeah. Uh, but it was uh, it was quite a it was quite a tale. I, I was me and several of our. I sat Friday night with myself and like I know Huck was in there, a few other people, and we were just all or Graham was in there, and we were all just angry and upset that we didn't get to go. And the weather's been horrible everywhere else yeah. in the world. Some people are they're baking down in Australia, New yes. Zealand, and we're freezing everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, so it's it was a uh, it was crummy, uh, but they, I'm glad they had a good time. Yeah, but thumbs up, boat. You did an excellent job. Yeah, I, I really I, enjoyed I, watching. I thought so it. too. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, Dreamcatcher, more Dreamcatcher. As if we only we we knew we weren't going to talk about them just once. Uh, put up an article about uh, Terminator Two. Now the Amiga verse. This is interesting, and I'd say I I really love this movie when it came out. This is a great article, by the way. Uh, I read it the other day, and. Uh, uh, it's a tr- it's very well done, of course, DK again. Uh, but there's some insights into what makes a game fail in a lot of ways, and it's it's just exactly what you would think it would be. It's uh, inability to use certain aspects of of the media. It's uh, a rushed timetable. It's the fact that they know once they bought the license that they don't really have to care what the game's like. Yeah. They don't have to wait for the game to get it's good. Very true. Uh, which was the uh, uh, oceans. Mo a lot of times and, and U.S. Gold as well and some of these other companies there, there are plenty of people that are like that. Shove it out the door and, and make the quick buck. You know, and even the people making them, they realize it's like, hey, you know, uh, uh, I was not able to fulfill the, my full potential here because of the timetable, the amount of time I had, the amount of things I had to work with. It's very good, uh, very. In, it's more in depth than you'd think in terms of that sort of thing. I love that, so it was really interesting. And really, last on the news uh, involving the game we're going to talk about today. Uh, is a art comparison. This this was an article I came across when I was doing research for this game, and I would as well talk about it now, so I linked it because it's a really interesting article. It, it talks about the fellow that actually did the art uh, for the game, and he uh, uh, he actually to to get the art to take the picture for the cover of this to paint it. He went out and he needed some models, so he and of course he had no money, so. Right. He got his he got his wife his former wife to uh, be the girl holding the candelabra, and then he found another programmer who was a LARPer basically that had the outfit to be the guy pulling the torch from the wall. There you go. And then he went to the gym because I guess he was in San Diego and he said, "Listen," she, he said, he went to the reception and said, "Listen, I need a muscly, long-haired guy." To post some pictures, and thirty of them walked out. No, there. and then she, no, she went. He said she went in the back. She picked a guy out, brought him up. They paid the guy. He came to the house, and he was the warrior on the front. It even shows how they had him because in the in the in the cover art, he's sort of falling backwards, and they had him sitting on this little like bench, like in pose. And and it's got the photos he took of all three of them, the actual photos, so you can see. And it, yeah. it's it, it's pretty it's pretty amusing. But the one thing that keeps coming up is that people wonder why that the programmer had that outfit. He just yeah, he had like Man. a thief's outfit sitting Man. around the house. Are you kidding? Who don't, right? <laughs> Who don't have one? Why of those? do I have an outfit for meat meatloaf? Well, there you, uh, well, anyway. Eddie from uh, Rocky Horror. You, you got it. That's a val- that's a valid point. So I thought that was an interesting article. I was like, I'm going to share this thing. It's too, yes, it's that too is good not. It's too it good is. not to uh, talk. We don't go into that that much. Cover our real and either one shows, and some it's, of these some of these are. Uh, Quite remarkable the, the amount of interesting uh, stories that come behind, it. and also the incredible artists that do these things. I mean, yes. these are guys that are, are very renowned often, and, and uh, or did album covers and whatnot. So, uh, with the news out of the way, uh, before we get on to the main event, uh, let's talk. Let's get a few of the uh, uh, particulars taken care of. All right. Um, let's talk about 
the Amigo Aaron Weight Loss Challenge. All right. Uh, I am Amigo Aaron. It's true. When I came up with the Amigo Aaron Weight Loss Wager, see, I mispronounced my own thing, and I got on boat last week for doing it. Uh, I thought, what a, what a hilarious gimmick this will be to raise some money. Right. Right. Sounds good. And it, it, it seemed like a brilliant plan, and then now that we've started, it occurs to me that I probably should lose a bunch of weight. Yeah. To, they, they, to, otherwise, I'm going to pay out the yin yang. Uh, often, when uh, 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 making a wager, it's good to do the wager. Yeah. Now, uh, and it has been a, a chore to uh, get this thing going, but I'm I am off and away, uh, and um, I'm going to and the, and here's the jet of it, folks. For those of you that just tuned in or haven't heard, I've got to lose a hundred pounds by July. Or I've got to pay five bucks a pound to charity for every pound I come up short, and that could be upwards of five hundred dollars plus. And if I gain some and, weight, and you don't have five hundred. I don't. I don't have that much. So I got. I better get. I'm about to chop off an arm before this thing. What, <laughs> what could happen? So, but what we're oh man, oh no! I just had the weigh-in vision of of you naked on the scale with a towel. No, yes, no. It, it's just like it's just like UFC, no. man. Me and Ronda Rousey are there. Oh no! So, so here's how you fit into the picture, uh, gentle listener. Uh, if you would like to support uh, uh, the Children's Miracle Network, which is yes. the charity we're going for, all money donated goes 100% to the uh, Children's Network. Heck, yeah. I don't need it. I'm not buying no food. That's it. You know, so what am I going to do Think with all it? the money you're going to save. So uh, um, please uh, send in donations. I believe the... Uh, uh, I think the address for this is uh, amigos at amigos dot com, and the uh, uh, on the subject line put uh, Aaron's weight loss wager, and you can sponsor me per pound. Yeah, and uh, I'll put a graphic at the bottom of the screen to make sure I got the email right. Uh, you can you can give us ten dollars or ten dollars a pound. That'd be great. You can give us a dime a pound, a dollar a pound. Sure. And then when we do the Amigos uh, Marathon for charity, the Amigathon in July, uh, those those uh, pledges will come due, and that's when you'll you'll end up uh, paying the paying the money. We'll uh, uh, get all that stuff. We'll go to charity to give us a good bump to yeah. start the thing off. So I mean, it's good encouragement for Aaron, and yeah. it's a it's a good cause for the charity. Uh, Children's Miracle Network, I just excellent. Wanted, it's calls, funny. I never so. really thought of this as a challenge for me. It never occurred to me that I, that. I mean, no, I'm seriously because I mean, you know, my weight sort of fluctuates anyway. Yeah, I never really yeah. think about it, but I guess it's sort of motivating. It is now because oh. I'm cheap. Yeah, and so it appealed to my sense of cheapness. Uh, but uh, you can go to everythingamiga.com for more details, uh, and uh, uh, we would appreciate the support. And again, it goes to a, a good cause. Absolutely, there, the Children's Miracle Network. We raised. Couple grand for them last year during yeah. the Amigathon. You know, yeah. while you're on here, okay. Before we get to the main event, speaking of the Amigathon, uh, that was a 24-hour event. Yes. And uh, one thing that I put up this week, which we didn't actually talk about, was I have just listed hour 12, I believe yes. it was, of the Amigathon, and I've got all I've got hours to go all the way to 20. We lost the last four, which were what I would call the bad hours. Uh, what did you think about the prospect of a 24-hour Amigathon? And uh, we've talked about whether we're going to do another one that long, but I think we probably will. Uh, and you were there for a good chunk of it. I, I was Well, no, I was there for, for just over half. That's a good chunk. Um, the thing with 24-hour marathons, it's not that I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that, uh, that we can fill the content. I don't think that that's an issue. Well, they, the, the users, the users yeah. filled it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Should we call them users? Well, probably yeah. not. This is like Tron. 
We call the contributors or or the uh, the the, the, the uh, our well wishers. How about that? I like that. The pledgers. The pledgers. Um, the thing with a twenty four hour marathon is though, can you stay entertaining for twenty four hours? I can't stay entertained for twenty four seconds. Well, that's a problem. So I and while it is funny to to see you know sleep deprived idiots sitting on a couch, uh, uh, it, it's only funny for so long in my mind. So I personally. I think a 12-hour marathon that is action-packed from beginning to end is is a more preferred method. But, uh, you know, I'm not a part of that. If we do an ARG marathon, that's what we're doing. Screw that. No, we're doing it. Now, I'll tell you. Oh, spin the wheel every hour? Oh, Oh, that would be so awesome. Oh, Lord. What are you doing to me? Don't even start that. Hey, fans. Hit us up. No. ARG presents. <laughs> Listen, what about Mar- I'm not the marathon man. Yes, that would be so awesome. If you've ever seen a movie called Americathon, which I recommend, uh, it's a it's a it's a movie where these uh, these guys go continuously doing a marathon to raise money because America's broke and the Indians are going to foreclose on our land if we don't pay them back the money we borrowed. <laughs> and I believe it's uh, 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 Harvey Corman is the host. I believe it's who it was. And so, as he ho- his hosting duties, he has to stay up for 18 billion hours, so they're perpetually wheeling him in pills and drugs. That's what we needed, like we cocaine, meth, whatever it took to keep us going for these 24 hours. And I will tell you, if you watch the Amigathon, I've been watching quite a bit as I edit them, uh, you can look in the background and see just beat down suckers. I mean, yeah. just beat down. <laughs> it's usually like Chad or you or, or Bo. It'll be like laying back there in his crazy hair. You know, it's just beat down. And as I will say, the, it's a shame that the last four hours got uh, lost. lost because they were pretty funny. And because, I mean, I'm sure it'd be funny to watch because it, it was a, it was much like Star Wars Galaxy we talked about earlier. It was a, it was a quick descent yeah. as we fell apart. Yeah. And that last hour when it was time for the pie, You've never seen a more pathetic set. I felt so bad for Bo that it wasn't even fun. And his pie, I might add, was the lamest. I mean, it was like he got like a little whipped cream on his nose. Well, whereas I got covered head to toe well, in super dead. Again, that's, that's what, like I said, can you stay entertaining for 24 hours? Well, now, see, if we, ARG, we have people donate, and at the most, they don't, whoever donated the most, they get pie pieces of their choice, uh, spin it every hour. Oh, God. Uh, you're, listen, we'll talk after don't the try show. to pull the B show into the A we'll, show. We'll talk, we'll talk after yeah. the show. So, we got it. With all that in mind, we're going to go for it. And so the game of the week, as chosen by the uh, uh, highly thought of Amiga Game Selection Committee. Yeah, patrons guys, like me. These guys went to work, and in one week they decided to have us play dun, da, 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 Dungeon, Dungeon Master. Master. Oh, Holy now, moly, good. Oh, let's talk ooh. about Dungeon Mastering ooh. for a moment. Yes. Uh, I'm an old, old school D&D player from way back, you yep. And I have Dungeon Mastered many a year. Uh, and I remember back in my early days of Dungeon Mastering, I would make these dungeons that were uh, incredibly uh, mazy. I would get my graph paper. I would sit down and I'd mark these things out. And I'd be like, this is going to screw them. I'll put pits here. I'll put all these traps down. I'm, I'm going to have a serpentine hallway here. It's just going to be crazy time, right? And when I was desperate for a mappage for this game, just to jump ahead, and I looked, I grabbed some of the maps because I was not going to map this thing. Um, I tried to start, but the maps got too intricate. Uh, these maps for this game, it looks, it reminds me of my early days of Dungeon Mastering, where you would intentionally try to confuse and screw over the player with the most diabolical mapping possible. 
Yes. That was the premise that we walked into Dungeon Master. This was like a real evil Dungeon Master that wasn't make you work for your money. It wasn't going to give you any breaks, and it was going to make it a hard, hard roll for you. Uh, I had not, pl- I had not played this for many years, and when I did play it before, I, I remember getting frustrated and quit uh, because it was so freaking uh, difficult to get through. Uh, now, had you ever played this one before? This I week? have played Dungeon Masters. In fact, really, I oh, did yes. That, eh? oh yes, oh yes. I, uh, I enjoy these type of games. Uh, this one is a little... It lacks some of the quality of life features that I've come to expect with my, my overexposure to modern games. Yes. I will fully admit you that. You can never go back. It's hard um, to go back on some of these. Yeah, it, it, the, the lack of a, a built-in map feature. That now, was yeah, your... I mean, you can get a compass, but that, that it, compass ain't doing it. You're right, you're the right. compass ain't doing so, it. So, just... The, to get the particulars out of the way, uh, Dungeon Master released in '92 uh, from an outfit called FTL Software. Yeah. Uh, published by Psygnosis. Of course. They're everywhere. <laughs> you know that would explain the difficulty. Uh, one player game. You had your French, German, and English provided. You can pick. Uh, it's ran on the ECS OCS. It was easy as pie. Uh, you, you could run on uh, uh, Kickstarter 1.2. You know, or up. It was a, a not a difficult game to run. And what you've got here is a first-person uh, Dungeons and Dragons style dungeon crawl. Now, yeah. exactly this was basically is. one of the two earliest versions of what this of this sort of gaming. Yeah, I'm going to go back to our old buddy. It's it's good that you're here for this. Our old buddy, the Coco the TRSA Car Computer. Yes, had a game called Dungeons and Dargoth. Uh, which uh, sort of uh, pioneered this view and this sort of gameplay, although on a very a much more uh, uh, rudimentary. rudimentary level. Thank you. Uh, and uh, uh, but this game took what that did and clearly up, upped it to the nines. This is quite a game uh, in terms of the in terms of the presentation. Now, this was actually originally released uh, on the Atari ST uh, in '87. So several years wow, before the Amiga got way it. back, yeah. And I will tell you, uh, the Atari ST version of this uh, sold 40,000 copies right out of the gate. Woo! That's the number that's being uh, copied and pasted around the net. And was the largest selling uh, um, ST game of all time, of wow. all the time. Yeah, yeah. well, 40 uh, grand out of the gate will get you there. Uh, and in fact, the penetration into the ST community was in- enormous. This was yes. a... Uh, this was a game that was on, like I think it was like 30 or 40% of all STs had this game. Um, if you think about what was going on in 87 and this game comes out, That'd this is blow quite a mind. game. If you consider the Holy Dungeons and Dragons come out like probably like probably 82 or something like that. So you're talking a very a scanty few years, and the difference is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, um, what is this game? And we should mention that there was also a DOS port. And amazingly, Brent, there was a Super Nintendo port of this. Oh, and uh, which I found interesting, and uh, eventually there was sort of a, the sequel or some kind of hybrid version. Of this was appeared on the uh, um, PC Engine CD platform as well. Huh. So uh, um, the P, I will say, I checked out the PC version of this as well, and actually played it for a little while, and uh, it is very similar. It's you know crappier sound. Right. But it's, it's, I mean, these games really, and the ST version looked very similar as well. Yeah. So, I mean, they're eerily similar. In the, well, now, I did is, not try the. Did you ever play the Super Nintendo version of this? I, I do not recall playing it because this isn't something I would play on a Super Nintendo. I, for me, a game like this, you have to have a mouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, 
Oh no, you could get away uh, with. It. I guess you could play with the stick, but I would. I would oh rather. my god, no, 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 no. I, 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 I wouldn't want. Well, to. I would rather have a mouse on yeah. Grand Grand Yeah, so, this is a mouse game. To so, me. what is this game? Well, it's your classic first-person dungeon crawl. If you've ever played a game like, say, Eye of the Beholder, comes to mind. Very similar game. Where the game we we did Black Crypt uh, a, a month or so ago, and it's a very, another very very similar game. Uh, you have a you pay you play uh, one you play basically a whole party of characters. Uh, four characters, and you advance the dungeon as, and you're looking from the eyes of the presumably the lead character, the lead two characters, uh, and you uh, you can use your keyboard or you, there are on screen buttons that will take you uh, you know forward, backwards, left, right, and turns. Uh, so it's all and basically you're moving one square at a time, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. So every time you move one, the screen updates and you're forward one. But it's a pretty smooth transition. And uh, it's a, uh, it, I thought it was a, a pretty well done. There was no problem. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, this isn't going to win smoothest game of all time award, but I mean, you got to remember when it was made. Uh, you pick, uh, when you start this game, you pick from a, 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 a you go into this basically a museum or, or a, a hall of fame, basically, where you pick from a character set, I believe it was like 24 guys. There's a lot. You're, yeah. you're allowed to pick four uh, heroes. And then uh, when you pick them, you 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 get the choice of resurrecting them, or you basically you can bring them back exactly as they were, or you can basically uh, bring them back, reincarnate them. At that point, you can change their name. You can also change. You get a small bump in your stats, and you can and you can uh, basically have like an original character. So what they're basically done here is, is they've given you a bunch of different archetype, Dungeons and Dragons style characters. Yes. Uh, and they've and a lot of variants and a lot crazy of races, yeah. Clutter, yeah, and so, but I mean, twenty four is a, I mean, in future games, what would you do here at the beginning? You would roll up a character, and yeah. what this basically did was said, listen, this is like if you've ever if you've ever sat around and played, let's let's play a game of D anD. d Go grab my book full of pre-gens. Yeah. Pre-generated characters where you don't feel like sitting around rolling these guys up and you go pick one. That's what you're doing. Yes. I don't got a problem with it. Nope. I'm sure a lot of people want to roll a character up from scratch. Which is okay, uh, but uh, the, the, I liked how this works. It, it, I thought there was no problem. Now, it was, I will say you wander around here, and it's, you can easily miss guys and whatnot. Because, I mean, it's, they, I could have well, made it a little bit easier to find all the guys. But, I mean, you wander around. I like how they did it, actually. And the thing is, is you're not restricted by classes in this game. I mean, some stats work with some classes better, but everyone can be anything they want. Right. Uh, and you, you've got a lot of freedom as to how you how's, how you advance them. So, once you've picked your four characters, uh, you have uh, they up, will appear at the top of the screen with their stats. Okay, uh, they've got a uh, there are three bars at the top. That's the health, stamina, and mana bars. All right, pretty standard stuff. Now yep. this game uh, was a trendsetter. You've also got a like a picture basically like your marching order to the side. And then you've got uh, your uh, on the other on the far right. You've got buttons for uh, putting together spells. You've got buttons for attacking with whatever weapons you've got handy. It's going to show you what's in hand. And then you've got uh, six squares that are basically directional uh, buttons. If you want to use the mouse instead of the uh, instead of the keyboard. Now it's funny because I actually used the mouse. I, I did not actually. I I did the same thing in Black Crypt. I, I just I I don't know why, but I, because it's quicker to use a keyboard. You can go through a lot faster. Quicker, but, yeah. You know, for me, I, I kind of like using that interface. I use the mouse the entire time. Yeah, at the top of the screen, you've got 
uh, whatever four characters you selected, you can click on them and you can get their particulars. And it, the, they have sort of D and D style statistics. You know, it tells you there. This game, I will say, th- there's more to the surface. Uh, there's more on this game than what you see on the surface. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of math going on behind the scenes. You're, oh, you've sure. got this thing is calculating your encumbrance. It's taking uh, uh, account your uh, how much endurance you've got left and when you need to rest. It's taking into account how hungry uh, you characters are. You have to eat in this game. Eat and drink And both. you have yep. to drink water in this game. And you have to, uh, uh, you know, have some downtime for your characters. So, clearly, the guys that put this together had played them a whole mess of D&D. It's a, yes. I mean, this is, as, this is as close to a D&D experience as you would probably ever have hoped for when this came out. I can't imagine... Blow your mind at the time. Right. I mean, blows your mind now, to be completely honest. Uh, so what ensues... And, I, and now, now, I will preface this by saying uh, um, I did not get super far into the game. Oh, I think we... I think we... Well, uh, I mean, there's, I think there's 14 levels, and I got to the third level. Yeah, I think uh, we experienced... And I, but I did I did go back and watch some of the uh, some of what was going to happen in the future to see what, what, the, what they had lined out. Uh, the... Uh, the game has some interesting. For the most part, this game is uh, pretty straightforward. All right, and, and how it works, but there are some interesting things in it that I think are. It's funny as being a D and D player, you get a certain insight into some of this stuff. Sure. And I'm going to go in the spells. Uh, when you've got a character that needs to cast a spell, you'll click on them, and then you've got a, like a spell box on the right hand side of the runes. screen with some runes in yeah. it, and so. The way spells work in this is you have to combine uh, certain runes to generate the spell. And, and again, back to that math, you can't just go ahead and get a spell going right away. Like, for example, I learned how to do the light spell pretty early on. Well, the first couple of times you tried it, it doesn't work. And so you have to run, you have to do it a bunch of times over and over and over for them to get experience Practice enough to where, yeah. to where they can do it more regularly. And it yeah. doesn't always work. And so you're sitting there tight, and of course, every time you try it, you've got you're also expending your your, your mana. Uh, and so I think this rune, um, this rune configuration for the game is sort of the game's way of uh, implementing in D and D what we call uh, spell uh, components, where you in in D and D to do to do certain spells, you'll have to have components. You may need a feather or a pinch of dirt or plus it, it, or it, scales or something. And so since that wasn't really something they were going to implement in this, they did something where you could actually go and you and plus you're going to find some of this stuff out as you get stuff. You're going to guess some of it. You're eventually going to understand that all these runes have. I mean, I know I don't know this from experience. I just know this from reading about it. Is that Certain like there are certain runes that are for like flying effects and damage effects, and you can and sometimes you can even sort of guess what the spells are going to be, uh, and try to and sort of make make them up as you Trial go. Trial and error, yeah. Uh, now, uh, is this spell system when you're in a pinch? Is it the best? It's not. Well, uh, no. Let's see. That's by design. I guarantee it. They don't want you to be able to go fireball, fireball, fireball. Well, yeah. You have to you have to uh, type in your runes, and it's like uh, from a tabletop perspective. It takes into effect your hand movements or and, and, and your chanting and how things take time. Yeah. I think it's very brilliant. Well, done. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it can be if for a neophyte uh, who is trying to learn the game. And you, it what it did for me was it took my spell casting out of the mix early on. Like I didn't do a whole lot of because I didn't know what I was doing, and it took me a long time to even understand what was happening. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with it either. I mean, but I'm just saying. I, I think they did a. I think this was their attempt to simulate 
the experience of spellcasting in Dungeons and Dragons, a tabletop game, and I think it's pretty close. Yes. Now, in in two thousand. Uh, 19, just like everything else, uh, D&D has become more video game-like than it was back in the early yes. days, where, I mean, spellcasting, I mean, you were, it was a lot of, to it. Now, it's just like you're whipping stuff out left and right, you know, yeah. like like a, like a video game character. And, it, but, and, and, and tabletop gaming has changed uh, from back in those days. Uh, but, uh, this is something that's sort of a throwback. And so, it was, like I said, it was interesting, and it was a unique way of doing it. I kind of dug it, but I was not good at it. Uh, I can I can safely say that. Um, so as you travel through the dungeon, uh, especially like I'll just talk about the first couple levels I saw. On the first level, you uh, are basically just picking your character and picking a few things up, and eventually you'll come to a a staircase. There are no enemies on the first level, and you're gonna go down the stairs. It's the second level. The second level introduces you to some rudimentary uh, traps and secret areas. Much like Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Dungeon Master has plenty of n- nasty traps, and I just I looked at some in the later levels. I was just like, "Holy smokes! Uh, you've got pit traps, you've got uh, all sorts of floor switches and uh, and whatnot." And it, it makes for a real D and D like experience if you're in a real nasty like traps you would not normally find or or, or puzzles you wouldn't find in this in this uh, uh, amount. And so smashing. I mean, there's tons of yeah. puzzle elements in this. Now, in fact, I would go so far as to say this is almost a, a puzzle game as much as it is a, 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 a an attack type based game. I mean, you're doing a lot of switch stuff, puzzle solving, and, and pretty intricate stuff. I got to a point on, I believe, the second level where you went in this room with like four million floor switches and two doors. You had to come across, and you had to go across these uh, these floor switches in the right patterns to when when you got to the door. It would be open, the double door. It was for me. It took me a long time. I know you said you zoomed through it, but well, it, it's a nine-switch puzzle, so there's only so many variations. And it, it, I can see you doing this, and I can see you just running over the panels, running over the panels, running over the panels, and then eventually you get it right. Right. Uh, if you stop and you actually think about what switch is doing what, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, the. Uh the game, we should mention how the inventory in this game works. This is, uh, again, this is sort of like uh, we talked about earlier in our in ARG. This is sort of an EverQuesty style inventory. You you will actually you have slots for your arms and legs and hands and uh, and even a little a mouth and, uh, on there and an eyeball. And what you do is you when you come across new equipment, boots, uh, armor, um, various accoutrements, you, jewelry, you can slide them into those slots. And you're wearing them. Yeah. Again, this was uh, this wasn't done. Uh, uh, as far as I know, before this, mm-hmm. uh, when you're one of the things that's in it, on your on your inventory uh, screen, you can it'll have your stamina, health and stamina and whatnot. And sometimes you need to eat, and so you'll drag like an apple or a corn cob or whatever, or a chunk of those mushroom guys yep. you killed, and you'll drag it into the mouth, and the mouth will go like rah, 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 and eat it up, and yep. you'll see the stat go up. Uh, if you pick up a scroll you need to look at, you just drag it over the eyeball, and it'll, it'll read the scroll. Now, the scrolls threw me off at first because I thought these were sort of like magical scrolls, and, and uh, I guess they were just like helpful hints or little yeah. like little sayings. It's how to play the game. It was driving a me lot nuts. So I, figured, I, thought, I thought there was something there I was missing uh, on the on these things. Uh, eventually, your uh, characters will get good enough if you've got the right ones to do things like craft potions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And one of the early things you can do is craft like uh, health potions. And, and as you go up, you can craft better and better types of potions. Uh, 
there's a lot of uh, locked door, go find the key type things. Uh, you've got to go hunting around trying to find the, the keys. Uh, we should mention combat. Uh, now, when you come across, the first thing I fought when I played was a mummy. I opened the door, here comes a mummy. And I will say the first level is a good intro as to how you play the game for the rest of the game. It gives you the basics, and it's not super complicated. And so when this mummy comes rumbling out, you've got your, on the, on the side of the screen, like I said, you've got your uh, a little attack uh, web, uh, icons, and you can attack in different ways. Now, I'll tell you, I, I watched a guy play this, and he attacked in a radically different way, that I, and I thought, man, that's genius. Because I would lumber in like a doofus, and, and with my clubs or swords or whatever, and just melee with them. I didn't mm -hmm. even try doing spells early on. What this guy would do, and I guess a lot of people do this, one of the, one of the options you've got is, is to throw. Yeah. And so oh, he, yeah. they, people were picking up rocks and everything, and they would, they would pepper the, uh, the bad guys with the stuff as they backed up. And the guys would just kind of lumber forth, and by the time they get up there, they had peppered these guys with so many rocks that they would kill a couple, and yeah. then he'd go hack them. Hack. That's, a good, that's a brilliant strategy. Uh, you wouldn't do that in D&D, but in this game, it works. You can, I don't know, if is that the way you played the combat? Well, it was kind of funny. <coughs> when, I, when I remembered that the throwing mechanic was in there, uh, the very first thing I would do is have the, my guys in the back who normally can't do anything because they can't reach the bad guys. Right. Well, I mean, they do they range stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would have them throw clubs. And then I had my, my monk, or they call it a ninja in this game, in the front. He would always have a weapon, and the first thing he would do is throw the weapon and then go start beating it with his hands. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, you could throw armor at the bad guys. You could throw food at them. Uh, you could throw anything, <laughs> was, which I didn't do any of that stuff. But I, oh yeah, and you could collect it once you once you knock them down. You can go usually go pick it up. Yeah. Um, if you get killed in this game, and I had to read about this to find this out, you'll occasionally see these altars sort of like embedded in the wall. And if you pick up the remains the bones, of your buddy yep. and take them there, they, it will bring them back. Yep. Uh, which I had to do that a few times. Now I'll I'll freely admit, uh, y'all. Uh, that I, I emulated this thing, uh, and I solely on the basis of the amount of time I had. Plus, I knew I would have solid save states. Uh, this is a game where you can save the game, and you better save it early and often because you, uh, as you go up, I mean, even like stuff as simple as a couple of mummies or some of those mushroom guys, for example, uh, they will hurt you badly. I mean, and you can get inadvertently get killed over something you don't think is that tough. Now, a part of it's because I wasn't, uh, you know, armored up or whatever. Just, you know, I wasn't good at it, but it was a hassle, and so I would I had to save quite a bit. And this game has a rep for being pretty difficult uh, to, to play. So I mean, but you have to be meticulous. This is not an arcade game. I mean, you go through and you have to really think your way through. That, don't you? That's very true. And really, it depends on who you take at the beginning, uh, how your game is going to play out early on. Uh, who were some For of your me, favorites? I picked I picked a, a, a fighter, a human fighter, and, and a monk to be my front two guys. And they, they both started out with armor. Mm -hmm. So I was pretty tough from the very get-go because I had at least chain-level armor on two of my guys. Mm. So what I didn't do, and it would have cost me way later in the game, I never fought with my back guys. I never brought them to the front so they could learn some combat stuff. I always fought with my front guys uh, in melee combat. Uh, but if you take someone who has armor and stuff in the very beginning, it makes you tougher in the very beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. If you take things like uh, uh, the lizard man or if you take the, uh, the dog, 
uh, or a few other things. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know the dog. Uh, they start with no armor and they are weak. Yeah, you've got to get these guys get something smushed. on them quick. Yeah, yes. I know it's that some of the characters I had that didn't start with any armor. You get you get mauled. Um, the uh, uh, the game has no music, but it you would think to yourself, Bleh. but actually having music is going to be kind of stupid because what it does have is some eerie. Incredibly eerie ambience. sound effects. Yeah, it has good ambiance. Uh, this again, uh, I, I, would, I was always a big fan of Island Beholder, and it had that similar. But this, it does it at least as well, if not better. You can hear stuff coming from a, and which again, this is very D and D like. Uh, you can hear stuff coming or hear it milling around in a in a, in a chamber near you, and it is yeah. disturbing and yeah. creepy. And I mean, they do a good job of ramping up the uh, scare factor, if you will. And and as you're going through some of these chambers, like what the worst thing that can happen is, and I decided to be a bunch of times to learn the spell. Is like when your torch goes out and it, it gets real dark. This is a game. Not only is it going to require you to eat, not only is it going to require you to drink, but you've got to take care of a light source, yes. just like in D and D. And so that's like I said, the first thing I learned was a light spell because if you don't have it, you're and you grind through all your torches, you're in the dark. Yeah, literally. And so then you're hearing that creepy stuff in the dark as you're walking around. And you can. You can easily fall in pits or uh, or stumble into stuff, and it, like you can fall in a pit, and you're gonna and you get out of level basically. Not good, yeah. you know. Uh, and now, one thing I will say about this, uh, I to me, uh, this made you all four of your characters always stay together. Yeah. So you're not gonna have like your fighter fall down a, in in a pit, and the other guys are staying there. They're yeah. all together. Everybody so they knows. move as a unit basically. Yeah. Now. I know in in future years this would be corrected. They would they would make it, and you can move into which I hate that. I like yeah, this I is like, better for me. I agree. I don't like handling. This is the. I like handling one guy. If I've got to handle four guys, this is the way I like to do it. Yes. In a, in a tight group, where I've got access to all their uh, abilities on one screen, I don't have to go hopping around. It made it a heck of a lot easier uh, for me. Yeah. Uh, to to do it, so I know some people would consider that a hindrance, but I actually consider that a boon. I, I don't I don't like having more than one character. The, you feel the same way? I, I do. Uh, and and you still have to monitor all of their health. All of their health. You have to monitor their food intake, their water. So in that sense, you're still working with four people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a control sense, uh, you're really. Uh, working with one guy that has four sets of skills. Well, I mean, if you look at it that way, though, you're taking really zapping the fun out of it. Well, but that's what it is. But yeah. that makes it, for me at least, it makes it easier to control. And there's still strategy elements of who you put up front. And it, does your front guy have armor? Does your back guy have magic and range and, and that kind of stuff? Uh, but for me, like you said, controlling it as a group makes it easier to, to keep track of. And it allows you to do things at a faster pace in the game that otherwise you'd have to have actual turn-based things uh, where you you know you physically stop all the action so you can go tell the other group what to do and that's no fun you don't want I don't, I don't like that now some of the some of the issues I had with the game I might as well touch on these while I'm thinking about it um, of course this game and it's an older game but it you and this is sort of a something that happens to these sorts of games all the time you're going to get very sick of the same sort of tile sets of graphics. And you're also uh, better prepare yourself to be lost a lot because yes. the problem, the downfall with a tile set like this is that you everything looks the same. And yeah. so now there are some areas that will break it up. But, I mean, for the most part, it's a, uh, uh, 
it's a real bummer, and you get lost real easy. And this is a game that if you don't download the map, you're going to map. There is yeah. no mapping feature, and so you will have to map. There is no one going to get through this game without a map. No, it's a zero percent chance. And get yourself a big old sheet of graph paper, big one, because these are some large maps. This ain't no. Uh, you're not going to whip through this game in, in an hour. I mean, no, you're going to be here for... It's, it's a, this is a This is a multi-day game. Yeah. Uh, they really packed in a lot of... Now, I mean, it's not a bad thing. And again, given the game, given the time for this game was released... Amazing. Uh, it is quite a quite an astounding feat. But uh, it, that in, in 2019, where we are now, uh, 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 you would not release a game without a mapping feature, especially a game like this. And what I would love to see is a... Uh, 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 and I'm sure they've done it because this game has, is heavily modded and still around. Yeah. It would be nice to have a uh, like a Doom style auto mapping feature where you just fill it in as you went. You know, uh, that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, but a map is is a must. Uh, something else again. There's a lot to take care of, so it's easy to forget to drink or eat or and one and one thing I noticed that the experienced players were doing. For example, when you come to a place that has water, these little fountains. They, you've only got a couple swine, uh, water skins there. And so what they would do is they would literally, every time you saw water, you would f- water your whole party all the way up and then fill the skin up too. Yeah. Because you didn't know when you were going to come back. Well, that's that sounds like a good idea. And it is a strong strategy, but it's not fun to do that. Stuff like that isn't fun. Uh, something else I didn't think was much fun was have sit around trying to practice stuff. Practice spells. Practice, I mean, you could sit there and, that's, and uh, all the pros do it. They would just sit there and just spam that stuff over and over and over, trying to build up their abilities in that spell area. And it's not—that's the kind of stuff I don't—I don't enjoy. It's sort of like when we played EverQuest and we wanted to get our swimming skill up. We would just jump in the water and then go get a sandwich for a while and watch that idiot half drown for a while, and then and then you would come back and your swimming skill would get maxed out or whatever. It's—it works. It's—it's an—it's a—it makes sense. It's a sensible system, but I don't find it an enjoyable system. Now, see, I—I. I... I have to disagree with you a lot. The filling up all the water skins and stuff, I find that adds to the immersion. Uh, I think you're you're in a party of four people. You have to you know manage their food and drink. And when you get you feel relief when you see those. And you, I enjoyed making sure everyone was uh, hydrated and then filling up the water skins. I liked that. I personally had no problem with that. Practicing the spells over and over and over. If that's the way you want to play, fine. Is that what you did? I did not. Okay. No, I didn't do that. I learned. I didn't either until except. But after I watched some other guys do it, I was like, I better start doing this because clearly it makes a difference. But I didn't. I didn't want to play that way. I wanted to grow organically based off of what I was doing, And, and I really appreciate it. And it felt good. Uh. When I was able to gain a level in something, I was like, "Yes, you know, and like, and getting a level in this, you really feel like you've done something. Well, yeah, there, yeah, there are it's, no gimmies, and you do level up, and this is like in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which is another thing they brought over, and it was a that was a perfectly acceptable way to do it. Uh, this is old school leveling, you know, how much you kill, what, what you get. It, I, it I was, like it's that. based off of what you do. If right. you kill the sword, you become a fighter. If you kill your fist, you become a, a ninja or a monk. Uh, one thing I don't like about this involving the combat is there are two different ways to combat in the game. You can stand there and combat 
hit your buttons, throw your objects, all that kind of stuff. And if the outcome of the fight goes in your favor, awesome. If not, you restart the game. Mm-hmm. Or you can do the more sensible, but for me, less fun, less... Uh, it takes me out of the moment, where you basically strike, move, then the monster has to come to you, you strike and move again. Uh, I don't like that. That's that's how a lot of people play, and I will I say that's... But, I, that, I didn't do that either, and it cost me. I mean, you're right. This is a stick-and-move sm- game. It that really is. is a smarter way to play, yeah. but I wish it wasn't. I wish I was rewarded either with a defense buff that I, I stood my ground and, and you know, sucked my feet in. I wish that it gave me some kind of a boon for doing that and playing that way. Uh, but I understand the times they didn't even, you know, they probably didn't even think of, of uh, strafing around and... and and making the monsters come to you to hit it once and then move again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is not even the thing that annoyed me the most in the game. The what, absolute really? thing that annoyed me more than anything in this game was if you run into a wall, it hurts. That, yes, that was annoying. What a dumb choice. Since your perspective in this game is that sort of that 3D perspective, uh, Sometimes you're just walking down a hallway and you think I've got one more step before I need to turn or shift, but you don't, and you hit the wall and your the front party takes damage. It's like, come on, guys, make the noise like we ran into the wall, but don't actually hurt me. I thought that was really dumb, really dumb. That really that really ticked me off. Yeah, that well, you know, listen, I played in a time my old DM used to make me take damage for everything. So uh, a real hard DM will have you do take a, a, a point of damage for doing stupid stuff like that. So I'm telling you, these guys came from, they were playing hard, old school D&D like they did in the 70s. You weren't around, but I heard about this. I've seen it firsthand, and that explains that. Plus, it's also a slight penalty when you don't have a torch. That's a reason I always have a light source. I, I, you're right. I agree. It's a, I, the first thing I did was run the wall. Because you can be whipping through here, and it, it, sometimes it's hard to judge distance. Yes. And you'll whack right in the one, you take a hit point, and you're like, I feel like an idiot. You know, and it does. That doesn't, I will say that. I'm not going to fight you on that one. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed this game. I mean, and I knew I would. And if you look at the, if you look at some of the advanced levels on this that we didn't come anywhere near, I mean, there's some crazy stuff, epic battles, and these huge rooms. It just looked awesome. Yeah. You know? And I, I would say it's one that would... We'll probably have to get back into it, I think, yeah. eh? Well, the, and the, the, the maze aspect of this is a little confu- is a little yeah. annoying. It is maze-erific. Yeah. The puzzles, I thought, were fair, at least the ones I came across. They're all very Some solvable. Some get real devious, yeah. Uh, the key aspect where you have to run, get this key, and then run back and open this door just to go to that door to get a key that takes you all the way back to the front room, that didn't really bother me that much, but I could see where that would grind on me after 17 levels of it. No, uh, but because it, it does it a lot. Yeah, it's um, it, it, th- yeah, that would get old. But I mean, this is the kind of game. This is one of those games you set back. Like I'm going to do this this evening. Yes. This is my game. I've got all my stuff here. No one's going to bother me. Turn off the phone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe and then and then maybe turn on some tunes in the background. Yeah, because this game is definitely good enough to go back and play right now. Yeah. So get this. Here's some wacky statistics on this thing. All right. Believe it or not, there was a soundtrack album released for this game that had no music. All right. It was called Dungeon Master the Album, and it was it was uh, music composed by Daryl Harvey, Rex Bonka, and Kip Martin. Now, you're asking yourself, how did this happen? 
uh, none of these ports, except for the Super Nintendo version, have music. And the music with the Super Nintendo version is not something we're going to listen to on the album. Well, guess what? Uh, we, I, had to, I had to throw this in there because of ARG. Uh, the music came uh, was composed for the FM Towns version. Oh, my gosh. So really? The old uh, FM Towns back again. Uh, and... Uh, and some of the music was also in the FM Towns version of the sequel of this, or which was Chaos Strikes Back. Yes. All right. Uh, this actually had a expansion and a sequel, so it was a very popular. Yeah. Obviously, we don't have to go without telling you. Uh, Dungeon Master was also said to inspire um, uh, uh, was was inspired by the early Ultima games, and that and Richard Garriott was very impressed with uh, uh, Dungeon Master. He was a, he was a, he was a fan, and he sort of. He sort of uh, borrowed or paid homage to it in his Ultima Underworld games, which are, of course, the same sort of same perspective, uh, you know, of that, uh, um, um, you know, perspective and, and whatnot. And in my in my opinion, not as well done. Well, I had to say I, I was not the biggest fan of those. They were sort of pan when they came. Yeah. The original one, I was. I don't remember being super, uh, uh, you know, popular. Um, so this game still has an active scene behind it with mods and stuff. It's been converted to different types of systems in terms of like you know home versions being converted. So when this game came out, like it blew everybody away. Now I've got a list here, and it's just going to blow your mind. The amount of, of, of glorious awards this thing got. So I'm just going to list some of these off, okay? This was awarded the Special Award for Artistic Achievement in 88's Computer Gaming World, Adventure Game of the Year in 88, the UK Software Industry, Best Selling Atari ST Title 88, Best Role Playing Game 88 Power Play, Best Role Playing Game 88 Tilt, Best Sound Effects 88 Tilt. Uh, do you see where we're going here? When yes. this was released on the ST, people were like, this was like a. a, a a game that they'd never seen before. Uh, game of the Year in 88. Best Atari ST Game of the Year. Uh, game of the Year, Fourth Generation Magazine, which is French. Golden Sword Award, the Adventurers Club of the UK. Best Role Playing Game. Beastie Award, Best Atari ST Title. Best Game 89, Amiga World. This was, Amiga World was probably covered a few ST titles yeah. when this came out. Um, best Amiga Game. Best Amiga game uh, in uh, Sweden. <laughs> so you can get the point here. It was Amiga game love. The ST game had love. Everything had love. Yeah. This was a very popular game. Absolutely. Um, so, all that said, how much would it cost to pick this thing up today if you were to pick this up? Uh, did you happen to look on eBay? I happen to look here. I I'll, did I'll see not. how you did. Well, I've got it right here. So, uh in the USA, if you were to pick this thing up, you would be paying somewhere in the sixty to eighty dollar range for a box version. Really? Now I saw one that sold for fourteen bucks, but then I saw one that sold for a hundred dollars. So these are expensive. I saw huh. the discs selling for twenty bucks by themselves. And in the UK, I saw uh, prices all over the map. Right, there were a ton of them. Uh, I saw some going for as much as 77 bucks and some going for 21 bucks. So it was all over the map. Crazy. In the Amiga world, uh, uh, the Lemon people gave this thing a 8.45, which is a, a really good score. Yeah. And Amiga Joker gave it an 88, so it got pretty uh, pretty rave reviews. And I think they, there's a fair. I think those are. Pr I think those are a little low, to be honest. I mean, I think really? the Amiga. Eight and a half. You think that's low? I think low? 88. I, I would go higher than 88. I, I think this game. Listen, I, I well, I mean, I'm going to be realistic here. Not everyone wants to click a blank wall looking for a secret door. Not everyone wants to eat every ten minutes. Door. This is a game 
and we can appreciate it because of our background. This is sure. a game made by D&D people for D&D people. Yes. The name of this game, Dungeon Master, is no fluke. Yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they knew exactly how to make a game that we would all get into. Uh, and, and they did a good job. I, I, I really actually uh, was, I mean, I knew this game. Like I said, it's not one that just sprung up on me. I knew about it. I'd heard of it. Uh, but it was a, it was a tremendous, uh, tremendous game to go back and play. Tedious. Is it my favorite game of this genre? It's it's not, but it could be with a few modifications. I'm going to look into some of these modded versions uh, because there's a lot to like with this game. We didn't even get to the overall story arc, which is a pretty interesting story arc. I mean, it's it's an it's an in depth uh, uh, dungeon. I mean, they really there's not just it's not all it's there's caves, there's dungeons, there's other stuff. I mean, they really uh, they really put a lot of work into it. It's like playing one large series of modules in D and D. That's what it reminded me of. So overall, I, I have nothing but praise uh, for the for the actual for the game. And I'm guessing you pretty much the same way. Uh, same way. And if you want a modern take on this, something where you're like, man, I, that style of game looks really fun, but I don't really want to go back to that retro graphics and feel. Uh, Legends of Grimrock. Is the exact same you know, style of game, really, in, in a, in a uh, more up to date, and they have several. So that, now that's a, is that a phone game? It no, is right. No, what buy it on Steam? Oh, it's oh, it's on Steam. Was yeah. it ever on the Android platform? I would could have sworn uh, it was an Android game. I don't know. Game. I own it for Steam. I played it, enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it is something that, uh, uh, much like Dungeon Master. <laughs> You either commit yourself to it, or you're not going to keep up with it. Yeah. So, and I will say, uh, this is a game that I I would to give this thing a, a full going over would take uh, 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 weeks. I mean, really, yeah. there's a lot it's to deep. it. There's a lot of intricacies to it that we probably didn't fully touch on. You know, magic weapons and the compass that you can pick up, and other yeah. stuff. There's some stuff that that, that uh, it, there's real. Uh, some spell stuff that's um, off the charts. I mean, yeah. they really that spell uh, composition was unbelievable. Yeah, it's very, so there's a, there's yeah, a lot of stuff. Very detailed. Um, Patreons, Brent, we got them. We do. We and, have a couple. And I've got a big list here. I'm going to read through. I'm not going to sing like the boat. I don't have his lovely sing. voice. Yeah, but you can if you want to pantomime or something. Feel free to do some some sort of entertaining stuff. So uh, we'd like to welcome our new uh, Patreon, uh, Terry. Yes. Which is insane. Brent's wife yeah. is now a supporter. My wife, <laughs> uh, she she said that she watches so much of the show that uh, uh, she felt criminal uh, not, not <laughs> contributing. <laughs> Period. Oh, okay. Not... <laughs> uh, so, she watches so much of the show, she feels criminal. You know, she works from it's home. It's like stealing from me. <laughs> she works from home, and she has this going... Uh, uh, the major shows, she runs the episodes over. We need to get Terry and Amiga. Uh, <laughs> well, that, you know, it's funny. Uh, obviously, she's not nearly the gamer that we are. Uh, it, to even... Yet. Even to the nth degree. But she enjoys hearing these, the stories of the old stuff and, and what people enjoy and learn a little bit of the history. Mm. Uh, so she said, you know what? I enjoy this. Uh, I want to see it continue. I'm going to support well, it. That's awesome. Which is exactly what Patreon's there we for. We love, and, and all of our Patreon sponsors, and also those fellows that, and a lot of our Patreons that help get Bo to Ireland. Yes. We super appreciate yes. that. Uh, uh, you know, Patreon, uh, the people that do that are, are uh, a very nice bunch. Right. And, and it's, and, we, uh, and you know, well, I'm going to mention this before we, before we get to the Patreon people. Uh, uh, Bo spent all this time over in Ireland. We've, I've talked in the past in a little bit about the strife and uh, infighting in the Amiga community. With, 
there is a small percentage of that. But generally, uh, uh, people are everyone. good folk. And the people over in Ireland, a boat told me this, and, uh, and, and hats off to y'all, but they treated him great over there. And he said the amount of love and support and kinship in the room uh, at, at Meek Ireland was was off the charts. He Excellent. said nary a foul word said, and everyone had a good time. The camaraderie. He said the, the, everyone was happy to be a part of this hobby, and uh, it was a joyous experience for him. So that, and so all you guys that helped get both there are well wishers, you know, and all of our patrons and all of our just all our listeners. We, we you know, uh, uh, but one of the reasons both went over there was just to. Uh, you know, to meet some of y'all and to and to provide some entertaining content from it because we you know we think it's stuff that people would enjoy. Absolutely, and we do. We appreciate everyone who who supports us, who listens, who who leaves us comments. Uh, you spread the link. You know, I'm a I'm a big mush guy. I can say the boat always gets on me because I get mush, so I'm just gonna cut it off there. But I could go on forever. So let's go on with our our Patreon uh, uh, subscribers here or supporters. We've got Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, uh, Tim Drew, Daniel Williams, Robert. Boy, I'm blind. Robert Eddington III, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edder, Rob Flack O'Hare. By the way, Rob's got a new uh, episode of his podcast now talking about his career in skateboarding, which I just listened to. It's awesome. great. I love Rob's uh, podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. Howard Nibs, Matt Evil, Matt Laramore, Andy Craig, uh, Shonzo, Darren Lomax, Colin419. Colin419 says, I just supported the Amiga. Bam, like make there a you go. Uh, Barkbit, I talked to him. He was one of the uh, out. He was one of the fellas I talked to in my sad depravity on Friday when I was not in Ireland. <laughs> uh, Seb Kiernan, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leif Kaland, Alan Kebab, another one. Of, I've talked to all these, a lot of these guys, actually. Oh, yeah. Donald Tyler, Level Lord, John Marshall, our buddy here in state, Matthew Putteron, another guy I've talked to quite extensively, Ricky DeRocher, the creepy dead boy. Oh, you know, it's the creepy dead boy. Yeah, Figgy CTZ, another. It's, I talk to all these guys all the time in Discord, it's just, and the names keep popping up. The Slow Norris. Good, good friend of ours who has sent us many, many lovely things. Uh, Stefan Sogard Mortensen. Mortensen. Uh, Edvin Helen. I love reading this just because the names are so cool. Belindo, 75. Christopher Hassel. Ravi Abbott. He was over there with his uh, show, Retro Hour. Great show. Belindo, 75. Um, how did I... Did I read Christopher Hassel twice? Well, let's read him again. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, Maybe he's a double page. <laughs> this is what when I read. Uh, Chris Folds or Chris Folds, the Dream Catcher, Laurent Giroux, keeping us honest. Uh, Graham W. Webke from way down on the border. Some jerk. Yeah, how? Why are you on this list? I cannot figure that because out. Because I'm a paying patron. Oh my since god! Day so, one. So literally, and you're paid to play. Hey, hey, you know, you know what? My, Where, where's my money? Me and my wife support this because I, I we don't want make this, to see it, it makes grow. no sense to me. How much? <laughs> I'm shrinking. I'm not growing. That's the oh. point. Um, Lane Denson. That's a heck of a lane. Uh, Adam Battersby. O'Brien's retro and vintage. The big O. Gary the Huck Hucker. C. Brian Jones. Paul Harrington. He was over there. Duncan Styles, the style man. Alan Keebob. Anthony, big boy Jarvis. Tapes from the Crypt. Another fine fellow. Josh Nan. Speaking of tapes from the Crypt, getting back to him. 
Wait a minute. Uh, we will be uh, beginning to give away some of the uh, mini boxed goodies that tapes in over a couple weeks ago uh, on, on, a few, on a future show or two. And I'm sure some of those get given away at the, uh, at the Amigathon because, uh, as you'll that recall, tape, tapes uh, sent us many a boxed item. So we have a lot of people that send us. Well, we do. Lot, but we have no, we good, do. hearty people that send we us. Do. Stuff we do. We have a lot of, it. actually, a lot of people send us stuff. It's awful nice. Josh Nan, the Nan, Adam Bradley. Jonas Rulo, another fine fellow that's uh, sent goodies over. The THT, Eric Nelson. I listen to his show, uh, Pixel Gaiden. I, I, I think I build it every week, but they're, they're a good bunch. Tim, Kim, Tommy, Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, the brutal one. Brutal the, Barracuda. The, brood, the brutal bear? Darren, King, Coles, Jason, you have been Warns. Ha <laughs> ha. Pixels of Dawn, the picks, getting it done old Good school. Guy. Yeah. And Kilborn Barman. I can't do it like boat. All a hearty bunch, every one of you guys. Uh, everyone. And we appreciate you. I love it. I love yes. I love I love the uh, reading the list and uh, seeing all these guys. And uh, if you haven't already, and a, a large chunk of these fellas have, uh, please hop over to the Amigos Discord. Uh, where we chat and uh, get the inside scoop on what's going on and just generally screw around or sometimes comfort each other when stuff goes south. <laughs> the various things that we do. It's a great bunch. And so, uh, and if you are interested in hooking up uh, and supporting us on Discord, uh, hey, we are uh, are on Discord, on Patreon. Hey, we know we'll never turn you away. We love you. Uh, and uh, and uh, listen, that some of that Patreon money, uh, and some uh, also just people contributing help get voter Ireland. Uh, we are we've got some interesting plans coming up, and so we're hoping to uh, turn these uh, donations into something that is going to be worthwhile and interesting for everyone that's uh, supporting us. We do we do appreciate it, don't we, Brent? That's it. Uh, so let's talk about next week's Brent. Uh, next week, uh, the 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 crew has spoken, and it's not that uh, the crew has spoken. And we are going to be playing a game, which I have to say, I don't think I've ever played this thing. Crazy Cars 3. Brad. Not one, not two. Well, I mean, listen. But three. We could play Crazy Cars 1 if you're a dork. Well, you know, Crazy Cars 1, that's yeah. that's probably mildly if crazy. If you're going to play Crazy Cars 2, and eh, you're sort of crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's you got some lunacy issues right. going on. But Crazy Cars 3. You're out of your mind. When you're three times the crazy as the first that's Crazy Cars. That's right. That's like, ah, not to mention, just hey, you're gonna get scored. You're getting sort of hosed on this, aren't you? So we'll expect a full report well, from you. No, you know, in you know what? I'll have to say, uh, the game I've had. I came in on one good game, and then I sat on Jurassic Park, which was a, a, a bad game, and then I got another good game. Yeah, we did that. We did that. So, deep, uh, that dark. Um, what was that crazy game we did? The really dark thing where the guy gets a thing implanted in his brain. Yeah, Remember we did that yeah, one. So, yeah. So that was a that was a pretty that was cool a good, show. That was a good good so time. So next week we again we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing Crazy Cars three. The boat will be back in studio. Be, in fact, yes. right now, boat is in air, uh, waiting wait getting ready to come back to town. So boat, uh, be careful on your way home. So I think that about uh, shuts it down. I any, do any, believe any you're party, correct. Any parting words? Uh, I want to thank you for uh, letting me making you uh, let me come to see how the big dogs do it. Oh, that's uh, right. If you ever want to watch more of me, you can join us on the the sister show ARG Presents. The Mothership. Uh, it's it's not 
Amiga focused so much as it is retro gaming focused, yeah. I would say. And we should mention that uh, 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 coming up in next week's ARG, of course, right now we've got the Amiga CD32, but next week we've just found out that we're going to be playing games on the, what was that thing called? This crazy British computer that we've never heard of. The, uh, the, uh, Sam Coop? The Sam, the, no, no, no. What was it called? The Sam Coop. What's, what's it called? <laughs> this, it's a Sam Coop or Kopu or something? What is it? It, it, it is the Sam You coup. don't know. No, it yet. is. It's the Sam Coop. Oh, then why were you laughing at me it's, when I said it? Because it's just so crazy. We're playing games with a Sam Coop. So if you want to check that out next week, you'll got to Dark Seed was the other Dark one I scene, sat in it. on. So, uh, thanks for joining us and everybody in the chat uh, that stuck around. We appreciate you. And I guess until next week, all we can say, Brent, is adios. Adios.